It's the US Sports Podcast with me, Max Whittle, coming from London today. And my special guest comes from New York, Jordan Schultz of Yahoo Sports to talk NFL and the NBA Summer League. He'll be on in a little bit. I want to start with, and if you've got any questions for me on the show today, you want to get in touch with me, I'd love to hear from you. At Max underscore Whittle, W-H-I-T-T-L-E on Twitter. You can find me on iTunes and the podcast on blogtalkradio.com. I sound like a running advert here. I want to stop now and get into the topics. Summer League just finished and Lonzo Ball is on the tip of everyone's tongue because the worry here was that we would not consider him like we should because of his father. LeVar Ball was coming up far too often and it, it carried on. Start of Summer League, Ben Golliver of Sports Illustrated. I get it. You go and interview LeVar Ball after the game. Lonzo had a bad start didn't play well the Lakers lost a few and LeVar was there answering questions as he always does in the same way he always does and Ben Golliver tweeted the videos and got a lot of reaction from it and you start to dislike Lonzo because of your because you're seeing the way his father is and what he's saying but those aren't the words of his son that's not the reflection of Lonzo Ball and he was fantastic in summer league Look, we react. We overreact to Summer League. Chris Dunn had a great Summer League last year. And look what happened in Minnesota. He's now in Chicago. So, but just seeing the way Lonzo Ball plays, a couple of triple doubles, fine. We, we overreact to that too because if you look further in the box score, the shooting percentage was pretty bad. The three-point field goals were pretty low and the turnovers were high. But Lonzo Ball has this incredible way of impacting a game without scoring many points if he doesn't score many points because he had a couple of big games 30 plus but if he doesn't if he scores 10 points he would have had a great effect on the game because he makes teammates better and magic as as magic johnson said he doesn't just pass the ball to his teammates he will give them a scoring pass the way it ends up in their arms it's a, it's an easy layup it's a dunk it's an open shot he made this pass in Summer League from one baseline to the next. It reminded me of Kevin Love. Got the ball, one-handed, launches it, drops it perfectly into his teammates' hands for a dunk. An easy open lane. He was marvellous. He was, he was quick. His dribble moves are great. He beats his first man. He can get inside. He's a good finisher. He's physical. He's aggressive. His dad is his dad, and LeVar Ball's not going away. But the Lakers should be excited. We, we didn't see Markel Fultz. Picked up the injury early. What a surprise that is. We haven't seen Ben Simmons. Lonzo Ball is there. He's out there. He's been drafted by the Lakers. He's going to have all the attention on him. Won a state championship in high school. Went to UCLA. Drafted by the Lakers. It's Jordan Farmer times a thousand million. And and Lonzo Ball is going to have an effect because he's a good teammate. It looks like he's a good teammate. He is not. He's absolutely unselfish. Lavar Ball is selfish. He's building a brand. Fine. We, We get that. I don't like his father. Lonzo Ball, for me, made a great impression to start the day. Dennis Smith Jr. too. And we'll get onto that with Jordan Schultz in a lot more detail coming up. I just wanted to touch on home runs in Major League Baseball. Are steroids back? Did they ever leave? Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, 30 home runs right now. Chris Davis, 27. George Bringer, 27. There are a lot of guys over 20. 31 to be precise as I speak. 31 guys have hit over 20, 20 home runs or more. I just think it's fair to ask the question because we've seen when the whole Balco steroids came out and Bonds and Sosa, even back as 
you know, Maguire, there were already comments saying that, look, this is going to die down and then it's going to come back again. It's going to rear its head and it's going to be nasty. Baseball always goes through these cycles where they have to answer questions about certain things. And Rob Manfred at the All-Star break, he had to talk about it and he did. His answers were about trends. You know, we've had the whole baseball seam question and now it's just straight up steroids. And players will always try and cheat the system. If you know that an opponent, an arrival, who's hitting a lot of home runs is on steroids, you are going to probably try it yourself because there's money at stake here. That's the big point. There's money at stake. And so many guys are hitting home runs right now. We're on pace for over 6,000 for the whole season. That, that'll be a record and it'll absolutely obliterate the last one. I'm not accusing the names that are going to bring up. Cody Bellinger has been absolutely fantastic for the Dodgers. Aaron Judge has been an absolute phenom for the Yankees. These are young players coming out of nowhere. There'll be a guy in Russia right now trying to find out how he can produce a steroid, a hormone, whatever it is, to conceal the use of performance-enhancing drugs. That's the new wave. You can be caught. You can be tested, right? You can be tested, but you might be on something that doesn't show the result. It doesn't show a positive result. And you saw in the past, Manny Ramirez, all these guys started wearing baggy jerseys, baggy trousers, because they didn't want to show off how muscly they were getting. You know, the, the craniums were getting bigger, and you couldn't, you couldn't really hide that. But the jerseys were baggy. Now, it's all about wearing a tight jersey, looking ripped. What's the story now? Are we producing a steroid that doesn't make you look like you're on steroids, but gives you the power that conceals them? I just think it's fair to ask the question. Like I said, I'm not accusing any specific names. I absolutely love the way baseball's played right now. I have friends who would happily see everyone on steroids because they love seeing the ball hit out the park, the pitches faster, everything else. By the way, on the subject of baseball, my Dodgers, who are most clearly my Dodgers now, unlike three years ago, because they were bad, 30-4 and four in the last 34 games. The KC Rules in 1977, the last team to do that in, that in that stretch. Crazy. And that's the story I love, right? Justin Turner, a guy who was released by the Mets, didn't have a team. The Red Sox were going from a few years before that. They didn't go back in for him. And they've had big issues at third base. If you look, think about Will Middlebrooks, they've literally just released Pablo Sandoval. Justin Turner would have been great for them. But the Dodgers picked this guy up. He was guaranteed absolutely no dollars when he signed for LA. And he's on this, what, $64 million guaranteed at the moment, this contract. And he's the clear leader of the clubhouse. You look at names like Kershaw, Sega, Bellinger, Chris Taylor, Logan Forsyth. All these guys making, making stories. Jock Pedersen, Yasil Puig. Justin Turner... That guy at third base with the ginger beard, the ginger hair, he is the leader of the team. So baseball's fun right now. I just thought it was worth bringing that conversation up. Where do we go from here? What's the next story? Who's, who's going to be found out first? If you find out that an Aaron Judge is cheating, how does that make you feel about everyone else that's hitting home runs right now? How does that make you feel about the Yankees? NFL training camp is coming up as well. Kirk Cousins, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, been big storylines. The NFL tries to find stories right now because it's a quiet period. Dave Gettleman's been fired from the Panthers. That is a genuine story. Uh, we're going to get into all of those topics with Jordan Schultz now, Yahoo Sports, some NBA Summer League chat as well. Let's get right to it. Jordan Schultz, he's on Twitter. You can follow him at Schultz Report. That's spelled S-C-H-U-L-T-Z or Z for my American listeners. Jordan Schultz, let's get to it. We are in with Jordan Schultz of Yahoo Sports. Uh, Jordan, how are you today, sir? And where am I talking to you from? 
Max, all is well in New York City. So uh, just to hop away from the pond from you. So we've just had Summer League. It's over and done with now. Are the Lakers going to put up another banner? That's the first question. That's the important one because they haven't won anything since 2010. So, you know, they're going to they're gonna raise a banner for the Summer League. Oh, yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> they should. If they, if they do that, I think uh, Laker fans everywhere would, would probably cry. But you know what, Max? I do think, like you said, they have, they've been down, but there's a lot to like. You know, they, they have their point guard of the future in Lonzo Ball who is going to be, you know, really good. I mean, he was MVP of the Summer League. There's a lot to really appreciate what he can do now, the way he passes the ball, the way he can push tempo. And then you also have Brandon Ingram, who's going to be, I think, a 25-point 20, scorer in the next few years. So there's you got those two. You have some nice pieces around him, some ancillary pieces. And then next year with the cap, Max, they can go out and get whoever they want. Maybe it's LeBron James. Maybe it's Paul George. But, uh, you know, the, the, the arrow is pointing up for the Lakers for sure. Yeah, you mentioned the names there, and they drafted Kuzma as well, and Brooke Lopez comes in on that deal. Just sure. a salary dump with Mozgov, and then next year they can go all in. But they, they also picked up KCP from the Pistons. That kind of fell into their lap, right? So are you sensing that with Magic Johnson there, it's, there, is, there is a way forward now? Or is it more, are we overreacting to what just happened? Well, the reason I say we're not overreacting is because they couldn't get anybody in free agency the past few years. You know, they were just totally irrelevant. Uh, you know, the, the, like you said, getting Caldwell Pope wasn't exactly planned. They definitely did not go into the offseason thinking they were going to get him. Uh, but it worked out, and the market didn't really develop for him. But that's a big win. I mean, you know, it, we'll see how, how he fits into what they want to do. But this is a young two-way wing that can do a lot of things on both sides of the ball, especially defensively. You can never have enough wings in this league. That's why they went out and drafted you know, Kyle Kuzma, a lot of people say overdrafted for him. I, I love that pick. They're trying to get more athletic and have players that are capable of dribble, drive, shoot, you know, and, and that's that's the direction. They they want guys that can do different things, and Luke Walden wants everybody to be versatile. So that's the direction they're going, and I think next year you'll see the free agents flock. I think the nice thing about having Caldwell Pope as well is he will guard that your best def- your, he'll guard the best guard on the other yeah. team, right? That will help Lonzo a lot. Absolutely, and, and, and Lonzo defensively is a big work in progress. For all the great stuff he does offensively in IQ, you know he he's really uh, I, I would say he'll 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 be at best a, a below average defender his rookie year. Now he'll make plays where he'll jump passing lanes, and you'll see that great ability in the open floor. But you know he falls asleep. He, he doesn't really stay in his stance. It's just stuff that young players go through. He'll be fine, but having Caldwell Pope will certainly help him on that in the floor. So the start of Summer League, the first couple of games for Ball, I saw a lot of videos. It was Ben Golliver who was tweeting. He was interviewing LeVar Ball, his father, and there was so much reaction to that, and, and it, just, it just irritated me a little bit. How much did it take for you to buy into Lonzo, the player, because of what his dad mm-hmm. has been saying? Right. Well, I, you know, I saw him play so much in college, uh, not in person, but just watching UCLA games, that, you know, I... I I think it doesn't take a genius to see that he, he feels and sees the game differently. The issue with Lonzo, a lot of the issue uh, for, for, for people that look at him, fans, players, whatever, I think they look at his father and say, well, this guy's, this guy's crazy. You know, he, he's, just, he's just he's too high-strung. He's saying too many polarizing things. He's a lightning rod. Um, but I think when it comes down to it, he, you know, he, he, he knows what he has in Lonzo. He knows he has a potentially a future star, I, I, a superstar maybe. I, I spent about a half an hour, 20 minutes, the day of the draft with LeVar, 
I think part of it, a, a big part of what he's doing, I think he's starting to admit this, is a marketing to a degree. You just don't want if you're Lonzo to feel like you have a target on your back. And that's the worry, I think, that maybe Lakers would have for, for him. Did you see uh, any potential? Dennis Smith Jr. had a great summer league as well. It looks like oh, he Dallas was picked yeah. up. Yeah, point guard of the future, right? Absolutely, Max. You know, he's, he's somebody that coming out of high school was really, really well regarded. You know, he was an elite high school point guard, McDonald's All-American, uh, one of the best athletes in the draft. But, you know, when you have a guy that is that heavily recruited, he goes to college and is, was up, up and down as he was, uh, it's a concern. And, you know, North Carolina State didn't win. That's not all on him. The coaching staff was fired, and he didn't necessarily have a lot of help around him. But you can see the unbelievable explosiveness. I mean, people have said he's kind of like Russell Westbrook. He's just not 6'3 and a half. You know, he's 6'1". But athletically, the way you can turn a corner, incredible. Now, he's not going to make the same quality of reads that Alonzo Ball will make. But what he will do is just relentlessly attack. Uh, he can really push it. He can score. So he's not a conventional point guard, but there's not a lot of conventional point guards left in today's game. So I think, like you said, Dallas got a steal. Do we overreact generally to the Summer League, though? Chris Dunn had a great Summer League last year, and we saw what happened and to he him. He was awful in regular season. Right, right. The summer league is tricky to, to to evaluate in the sense that you have guys who haven't played together, um, guys that are not really the, the winning is, is is second secondary to player development, kind of like the D league. Uh, and then what you also have, Max, is that the defenses just aren't very complicated. You know, guys a don't know how to help each other because they haven't played with one another, and then two, there's just not like the emphasis and not the preparation for guys. You know, like when the regular season comes, you're, you're scouting plays and players consistently all year but when you have someone you know when you have the, the the summer league it's like you know let's just roll the ball and play so it's just not as sophisticated that's why you you have guys like chris Dunn that were great and then really struggled in regular season and then you have the vice versa guys that maybe don't do well on that unstructured format and then do great so I, you, you can you got to take it with a grain of salt you have to watch how guys i think respond to it when they're struggling the fact that Lonzo Max goes three of fifteen his first game, two eleven from three, and then is the MVP of the summer league, that says a lot. Right, and people will overreact to the triple double as well. They don't see the field goal percentage, sure. they don't see the turnovers. Um, right. There was That's some true. more news today. Jamal Crawford signed with Minnesota, another another addition to yeah. the T Wolves. But first of all, I wanted to ask you on this from the Cavs' perspective: Carl Corver, Jeff Green, Jose Calderon, but no Jamal Crawford, no Paul George, no Jimmy Butler. LeBron's not happy. Kyrie Irving's come out today and said it's a little bit weird right now. Where do you stand with the Cavs? You know, I think Cleveland did about as well as they could have because there really wasn't an opportunity for them. Now there's a report out that they were getting close to getting Paul George. I, I'm, you know, they didn't get him. You know, and I they. they, they when it came down to a Max, they didn't have the ability to put together the type of package, whether it's young assets, picks, they just don't have them. So, you know, they, they don't have the money either, the flexibility financially, to go out and go get a big-name guy. So it's good that they retain Corver. I think, you know, they're trying their best to at least stay afloat and, and, and maintain their stranglehold of the Eastern Conference. But Boston goes out and gets Gordon Hayward. So I think what it comes down to it is, if you're Cleveland, you have to go all in on this next season um, you know, make sure LeBron is happy, make sure Kyrie is happy, because you know there's a really good possibility that LeBron's going to leave, and you also know that your window is closing. With Minnesota, all the additions they've made, there was still one thing they lacked, which was outside shooting. 
They've added Jamal Crawford. Is he the type of guy, a lot of off-the-dribble moves, a lot of mid-range yeah. shooting, is he the type of guy they needed, or are they still one shooter short, do you think? Well, I think with Jamal, I think he gives them so much versatility offensively. He's just a pure scorer, and they needed that. You're absolutely right. It would be good. It would behoove them to go out and get another shooter, but the fact that they have Butler, who's a great mid-range guy, a two-way player, the fact that they're as athletic as they are now, you know, obviously with Wiggins and Towns, uh, picking up Teague, there's a lot to like about Minnesota. Uh, you can never have too much shooting. I mean, there's a premium on it. That's why a lot of shooters have gotten the type of money they've gotten. Because you need it. You need guys to spread the floor. But when it comes down to it, Minnesota, I think they're, the personnel is really good. It's just they're still really young. They're probably another year away. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if they, were, they made the playoffs as good as the West is. But, like, to expect them to take a jump of, uh, let's, win another tw- let's win 22 more games this year. That's not going to happen. But they could win, win 15 more. That's possible. Who's a better team to you after free agency, Oklahoma City or Houston? Um, I, I, I think, you I mean, who, who did better or who's better next season? Like who's going to finish? Who's higher? got, yeah. Who, after the additions, who's got yeah. a better team for next year? Well, he, I think Houston, I, that being said, I'm just not sure if, if the Chris Paul Harden situation is going to work. Now we'll see if they get Carmel Anthony and maybe that wouldn't help them, but it would certainly give them more scoring punch. The thing we asked about Houston is like, they don't have the, what they have in those two players, Paul and Harden, are two great players, but two players that need the ball in their hands, two of the highest usage players. So um, I still think they're better than Oklahoma City just because I don't think the Thunder are going to consistently still be able to you know, make outside shots. They, they, they have, we have weird rotations. I don't think the coaches – I don't think Billy Donovan has really got a, 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 a real firm you know, hold on that team. The, Oklahoma City is going to have great moments with George and Westbrook, but I still think Houston's a better team. What do you see with Billy Donovan then? Do you think he's just more of a college guy, or you know, he's such a he was a great college guy. You know, they won two national championships. You know, he was able to consistently recruit, and, and so much of college is recruiting, and it's getting guys to buy into your program. The NBA is it, 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 one of the hardest things to do is coach an NBA team because you have so many different players with massive egos. You have a tremendous amount of money. You see the kind of money NBA guys are getting. And when it comes down to it, a lot of guys, you know, yeah, they want to win, but they want to get theirs. And it's really hard to, to coach that. And the college is totally different. I don't know if Donovan is, like, if you ask me if he's going to be the long-term guy there, I just don't see it. Uh, I don't know what that means next couple of years. But when it comes down to it, they just don't have in him. It's not that he's a bad coach, but I just don't think they have the he has the ability to, like, galvanize a Russell Westbrook and the rest of the team. You know, like, they're going to win games because they have some couple great players, but I don't, I'm don't. i just not convinced that Donovan's the right guy long-term there. So the report today, your former colleague, actually, Adrian Wojnarowski, saying that Manu Ginobili is looking likely he's going to come back for another season. He turns 40 next week. Pretty amazing athlete. Um, what What's your favorite Manu story? Oh, you know, the stuff that he did in Argentina when he was young and they were, you know, in the Olympics, just like seeing him go at guys and just being like, I'm going to put this team on my back and we're going to beat the USA. I mean, just like the golden era of Argentinian basketball, that's, you know, as great as he was for the Spurs, that's some of the best stuff that I can remember. But, you know, I just remember him when I first saw him, you know, he had that, we hadn't seen that kind of player, that. The Euro step, you know, the footwork, a little awkward, very herky-jerky. 
And I just remember hearing and having heard about him and then seeing him play and just thinking, this guy is unbelievable uh, when he was 24, 25. And, you know, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think anybody would debate that. And it's just unbelievable that he's, like you said, he's 40 years old and he's, he still, I mean, he can't do what he used to do, but he can still play. And, like, that's as cool as anything to me at 40 in this league. Just on the Woj thing, I don't know how much you want to speak about this, but going to ESPN, I think a lot of people were surprised by that. Um, maybe right. they weren't. But is it a sign of the times, and the changing times in journalism? Why, Why? I mean, do you know Woj personally? I, you know, I did it because what happened was, Max, is I actually joined Yahoo!, really recently and then he ended up leaving for ESPN um so I, I never got a chance to meet him it was kind of out the door right when I came in I think what happened is that you know ESPN's in a, ESPN as is journalism in general Max is in a, a, a very different time you know you have people that are consuming media sports media in a totally different way they want it on the mobile they, they don't want to watch studio shows and someone like Woj obviously has tremendous value because of his relationships, his ability to break news. I, I'm sure that ESPN is thrilled to have him. They also, remember, they laid off some unbelievable people. Uh, so it's it's not like everything's great at ESPN right now, considering what we know about their viewership and the fact that you know they lost a tremendous amount of money. So I, I think it's a great get. Uh, and I'm, unfortunately, I'm not happy that he left Yahoo, but I... <laughs> I, I totally see the way that sports journalism is changing, and I think you'll see more and more people, you know, go from one company to another, and then maybe go back. Just because right now, like, it's a very the, the, the sports journalism field is very coveted. A lot of people want to get into it, but it's also very, very hard to get work. I agree, and I think Woj specifically, yes, he will still break news. He'll continue to do that, but a, a lot of it for me is that he wants to be on a lot more studio shows, like you know, the jump right. stuff like that, where he will go on TV right. and he'll be more right. of a personality than he is right now. Right, right, and I think you know Yahoo. We're, we're going to be doing some really cool video stuff, and I'm super excited about it. But ESPN obviously has you know more airtime than any network, sports network, or you know, just as much as any news network, 24-7. So, you know, it's, it's, it, it, I, I understand where he's coming from. Now, switching to the NFL, training camp right around the corner, Kirk Cousins has been the one of the talking points this summer. There's not a lot going on this kind of time of year for the NFL. They try and squeeze out a few stories. Um, right. He's going to be franchise tagged again, first quarterback ever to do that back-to-back, just under 24 mil for this season. Just explain to me Washington's, thought process here because it seems that they're throwing him under the bus a little bit they are they absolutely are um they really offered him essentially the minimum and they he didn't i I don't blame him i mean he's betting on himself but it makes sense and to me there's no doubt that he will you know not be in the with washington after this year i think san francisco makes a lot of sense next year um based on reports and the fact that you know why would he want to be there they're not going to reward him for as good as he's been you know, he's the first quarterback to be tagged two years in a row. Um, he's coming off. He he's he's not a top five to eight guy, but he's in that second tier, and he's still getting better. Um, it's just to me, it's a really odd move by the Redskins. Uh, but they will have the cap next year. They have to pay if they have to sure, tag him again. Sure. What is it? Thirty-four million if they tag him again next season. I I believe it's thirty-four, but I just don't see a position where he's going to want to return. You know, like. 
at some point, I just think that somebody else is going to step in and pay this man, and it seems like it's going to be San Francisco. They just gave Brian Hoyer two years, twelve million, but um, you know, I just I don't see how he's going to be long term a Washington Redskins. And the Panthers obviously fired GM Dave Gettleman. Uh, you had yes. former former Carolina players like Josh Norman and Steve Smith coming out ex- expressing their pleasure. Um, I think a part of it was handling of past negotiations. There's also the current deals. Thomas Davis and Greg Olson have got to sort their contracts out. But he's out the door. And after that Super Bowl victory, they let Norman go. They had a poor season last year. What do you think the main reasons are, that are going to come out about why Gettleman was fired? I'm not sure. This is a tricky one. Um, I think there's part of it was relationship with players. I think a lot more of it is relationship with ownership. Um, I never got the sense that he was particularly close with Ron Rivera. Um, I, I, this is one that we kind of have to wait and see. Like, you know, you mentioned Cleveland earlier with the Cavs who back to the NBA. Like, they don't have a GM David Griffin right now because he didn't get along with with Dan Gilbert. Um, the situation here is I don't think entirely dissimilar, but I don't. It's not as dysfunctional as it was in Cleveland, for instance. So I think kind of got to wait and see with this with this situation. Who are the threats to the Patriots this season? Well, the AFC is going to be really tough. I think Tennessee is going to be a lot better. I think Pittsburgh is going to be a lot better. Um, I still wouldn't say, still wouldn't rule out Denver. I love Oakland. I mean, the Raiders, great offensive line. They get, they get Marshawn Lynch. Mari Cooper is going to be a superstar this year. Derek Carr is healthy. Uh, defense is good. So uh, Oakland is, has as good a chance as anybody. In the NFC, I mean, Green Bay, Seattle, Atlanta, um, the one team that people aren't really talking about is Carolina. Like you said, I mean, they were awful last year after they lost the Super Bowl, but they have all the pieces. And you know, Mr. Thomas Davis, he's not going to play as many staff this year at 37. It'll be more Shaq Thompson, uh, Keekley. But uh, assuming Cam Newton gets back to being Cam Newton, there's no reason why Carolina can't, you know, win a Super Bowl or challenge New England. Now in Dallas, you've got two personalities very different: Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. The Cowboys aren't worried about Prescott, but they are worried about Elliott, off the field at least. What, right. Why does he remain... Seems like it, he's going to be suspended. Yeah, it looks like that. His personality is very different to Prescott. So are you comfortable that he would play in Dallas for 10-plus seasons and, and kind of no. stay away from these suspensions? You're not? No, I'm not. Because, you know, before the, last year when he was, you know, rookie year, there were some question marks going into his rookie year about off the field stuff and now it's we're kind of you know, re- revisiting it and then the fact that Dak is like the guy there I mean you know Dak is like he's had you know issues in the past but he's as well regarded as any young player in the league for his maturity um, I didn't mention Dallas as a Super Bowl contender I probably should have but a part of that's because I think there is some issues in that locker room and I think Zeke Elliott is it a big part of it and and you know as well as anybody Max you, you can replace running backs he's a great player but if he doesn't you know, clean it up. They're just not going to tolerate it long term. So, if you could go to any training camp this season, this preseason, who would it be? I think I'll be at Seattle's, Atlanta's, and Carolinas. But I, I, am fascinated by by San Francisco. Um, not because it's going to be good, but I just want to see Kyle Shanahan there. I want to see the, how the atmosphere has changed, how the Chip Kelly's gone. Uh, so that, that's fascinating to me. I think if you look around, Mission Tennessee, I, I'm just really curious to see what steps that team takes now. Mariota, uh, year three, 
you know, Henry and Murray in the backfield. They have a lot of weapons. So I like Tennessee as well. So I'll be fascinated by those two. A couple more, then I'll get, uh, you can get out of here. You, you said you're from New York, so you're living in New York. So, you know, the Yankees had a good start. The Rangers made the playoffs. The Knicks are doing their utmost to make sure that they are one of the worst organizations we've seen. Um, who is the best the worst, sports? Yeah. Who's the best sports team in New York at the moment? <laughs> Man, uh, it's got to be the Giants. got to be the Giants. Giants and Rangers. Giants, you know, a lot to like about them, too. I mean, defense is really good. Uh, line has gotten a little better. Weapons around Eli are good. Um, you know, I think they, they added a, a really good young tight end and Evan Ingram and the draft. And, and also, um, I think Paul Perkins, who people don't know about, but second year back at UCLA, I think he's going to be a really good player. So for me, it's the Giants and then probably the New York Rangers. But New York sports fans are suffering, for sure. <laughs> can, you com- can you compare what the Knicks are doing to anything else in life? No, the Knicks are the worst organization in sports, Max. It's just unbelievable. It's just it's a sick thing going on there. The worst ownership in James Dolan. Now, the Phil Jackson thing, they brought him in to, for his cachet, the prestige to bring in free agents. Not only do they not get free agents, but nobody wants to get a meeting with them. Uh, they, they, you know, they recycle through coaches. Who knows how long Hornacek will be there. It's an absolute disaster. It's a catastrophe. It's an embarrassment. I, don't, I shouldn't worry, Jordan. Tim Hardaway Jr. will save the day, of course. Oh, they just gave Tim Hardaway doing the, you know, seventy-two million. I mean, it's just you know he's a fine player, but they overpaid by about twenty-five million. So you know, no surprise for the Knicks. Okay, last one, and I know you don't cover baseball professionally, but I had a, I'm intrigued by this. So, all the home runs that are currently going on, they might hit a, an all-time record for the season, over six thousand. Mm-hmm. They're on pace for. So, are steroids back in baseball, or did they ever leave, or are they not? I don't think they ever left. I don't think they ever left. I think, you know, obviously you have phenomenal players. Aaron Judge is incredible, and seeing what he's doing here is really special. Meeting him recently, he's a good kid. But bottom line is, you know, baseball players, if if it's a matter of being morally sound or taking steroids because it can get you another 30 or 40 million or 10 million, whatever it is, guys are going to do it. It's baseball or anything else. So I just think think they never left. Obviously, we love home runs, but to me, you know, we're fooling ourselves if we think there's no steroids in baseball. Well, Jordan, I know you're busy. Sounds like you've got a lot going on, so appreciate your time, and uh, I would love to have you on again. Matt, it's my pleasure. Anytime. Thanks so much. Thank you to my guest today on the US Sports Podcast with Max Whittle, at Schultz underscore report on Twitter, if you want to give him a follow. The new NBA jerseys, by the way, they're out now. NBA uh, Nike is the, the new sponsor for the jerseys in the NBA. They've released the jerseys. The arm sleeves are wider. So if you've got big arms, well, great news for for you guys because the Nike jersey is going to adapt to your every need. And it's so Nike, right? The sweat apparently dries up 50% quicker than it did with the old jerseys, which were Adidas. Shame on you, Adidas. And part of the jerseys are made from recycled plastic bottles which is great news. That's such an Adam Silver thing as well. You know, we'll, we'll make it more sustainable. They've brought the logos out more to the front of the jerseys. They stand out a little bit more. I'm not a fan. Uh, and I've got all this Adidas gear at home that I had when I was younger. I do not know what I'm going to do with that. I've got Laker jerseys, warm-up jerseys, uh, basketballs, everything else. Adidas, Adidas. Going to have to get geared up in Nike now. I am glad 
Uh, well, I, I, I feel sorry for people who have young kids that have to go out and buy all the new Nike stuff now. But we've had enough talk about brands with Lonzo Ball, Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, the big baller brand. NFL training camp is around the corner, so we're going to ramp that up. Baseball is in its uh, in its prime right now. It's competing with no other sports, really. Uh, but the NFL is going to roll around quickly. We're going to have loads of guests on uh, to look ahead to the new season get some of my friends in the US back on the show as well so until next time thank you for listening Uh, I'm on Twitter at Max underscore Whittle and please leave a lovely review if you can on iTunes at the US Sports Podcast with Max Whittle it really does help me out a lot so thanks for listening and enjoy the games